Hello, listener. Thank you for listening to our content. Remember to follow us here on the platform. We prepared a graphic of the book with the author's key points and main ideas. Click that book graphic link in description now and have access to an illustrated material with simple and easy steps so you know everything about the book in minutes. The Willpower Instinct. How self-control works, why it matters, and what you can do to get more of it. By Kelly McGonigal. All of us have missed goals at some point because we gave in to distractions or failed to do what we should. Willpower is the ability to exercise self-control when you need it. Willpower failures are not a sign of personal weakness, but the result of several physical, mental, emotional, and social factors. This book explains willpower using insights from economics, psychology, neuroscience, and medicine, with a range of tips and strategies to help you overcome distraction, temptation, and procrastination. The contents are based on a popular course by the author, who is a psychologist and educator at Stanford University. The book mirrors her 10-week course, with each chapter covering a key scientific insight and exercises to help you develop self-awareness and address real-life challenges. McGonagall recommends that you choose a willpower challenge you've been trying to overcome. Then, try out each of the strategies in this book like a scientist, collecting data to figure out what works for you. Ready to tackle your willpower challenge? Then let's go! Willpower is much more than the ability to say no to temptation. It actually includes three powers. I will, I won't, and I want. The I will power is about doing things that improve your quality of life. The I won't power is about not doing things that impair your happiness, well-being, or success. The I want power is about focusing on your most important long-term goal. In short, self-control is about finding your motivation at the right time by remembering what you want so you can do what you should and resist what you shouldn't. All of us have the capacity for self-control. How far you use it will determine your physical health, financial stability, academic and professional success, quality of relationships, and levels of stress and happiness. Willpower is affected by your brain. We struggle with self-control because we literally have multiple minds, each with conflicting thoughts, feelings, and objectives. The prefrontal cortex in our brain controls logical thinking and what we focus on. The left side helps you to start and persist in tasks, which is the I will power. The right side helps you to resist acting on every impulse, which is the I won't power. And the lower middle area helps you to track your goals and desires, which is the I want power. The prefrontal cortex is built on top of the primal part of our brain which acts on urges and instincts. These impulses evolved to help us survive. For example, we prefer sweet and fatty foods 
because they give us energy, and our feelings of fear and disgust stop us from doing things to hurt or isolate ourselves. Part of our brain seeks to feel good now, while another part manages the impulses so we can achieve longer-term goals. The two minds are in a constant battle. We want a slim body, but we also want to enjoy a cookie. We want to excel in our exams, but we also want to watch the TV. When we're drunk, exhausted, or distracted, the prefrontal cortex loses part of its capabilities, making it harder for us to exert self-control. To strengthen your willpower, you must develop self-awareness. Understand your impulses and recognize when you must exercise self-control instead of operating on autopilot. Take some time to consider what makes your willpower challenge difficult. What do your two selves want to do? At least once per day, consider the choices you've made. Which ones support or undermine your goal? What was happening when you made those choices? The more you exercise your prefrontal cortex, the bigger, faster, and stronger it gets. Do five minutes of brain training meditation daily to increase blood flow to the prefrontal cortex, improve your focus and self-control. Sit still and focus on your breath. Think inhale and exhale as you breathe in and out. Notice when your mind wanders and just refocus on your breathing. Don't fidget. You're training yourself not to act on every impulse and to quieten the craving centers. Willpower is affected by your body. Scientists have found that self-control is more about physiology than psychology. So, you can train yourself to get into an ideal physiological state for self-control. When you're facing a real external threat, such as a robber in an alley, the primal brain triggers the fight-or-flight response. Your prefrontal cortex is inhibited so you can act without overthinking. Your body releases hormones to unlock energy, and your heart pumps harder to send blood and oxygen throughout the body to help you survive. When you're facing a temptation, such as a delicious cheesecake, your body also reacts physically. Your heart rate increases and your body anticipates the sugar rush. However, once you realize that you're dealing with an internal conflict and not a real threat, you can calm down and dampen your impulses. Try naming your impulses so you can recognize them. For example, your cookie monster can't resist cookies and the critic complains about everything. Psychologist Suzanne Segerstrom found that self-control comes with an opposite physiological state from stress. She calls this the pause and plan response. This is about slowing down so your prefrontal cortex can step in to calm your body down and redirect energy to the brain. This allows you to calmly explore options instead of acting on impulse. Your heart rate variability is one of the best indicators of how stressed or calm you are. 
Under normal circumstances, your heart rate varies naturally. For example, it increases slightly when you inhale and decreases when you exhale. When you're stressed, your heart rate goes up and stays up. People with higher heart rate variability are more likely to delay gratification, resist distractions, and persevere in face of difficulty. To exert self-control, slow down your breathing to just four to five breaths per minute, or 10 to 15 seconds per breath. Do this for one to two minutes to activate your prefrontal cortex, decrease your heart rate, increase its variability, and put yourself in a physiological state for self-control. Basically, anything that reduces stress also improves your willpower reserve. This includes exercise, adequate sleep, a sound diet, quality time with family and friends, and spiritual practices. Try doing five minutes of green exercise, that is, physical activity done with nature. Or choose any non-sedentary activity that you enjoy, be it walking, gardening, or dancing. Sleep deprivation makes you more vulnerable to stress and temptations. When you're tired, your cells can't absorb glucose as effectively and become underfueled. A lack of sleep impairs your prefrontal cortex. A prolonged lack of sleep increases your stress hormones and decreases heart rate variability. So, aim for eight hours of uninterrupted sleep every night or minimally take a short nap daily. If you try to control everything, you'll run out of energy and feel chronically stressed. So, choose your willpower challenges carefully. Periodically relax by lying down and breathing deeply for 5 to 10 minutes to give your brain and body a complete break. Willpower works like muscles. Our self-control muscles become weak with neglect, can get exhausted from non-stop use, and can also be strengthened with proper training. Once you exhaust your limited willpower reserves, you become more susceptible to temptations. Smokers who don't smoke for 24 hours are more likely to binge on ice cream, and people who diet are more likely to cheat on their spouses. Our self-control is highest in the morning and gradually depletes throughout the day. So, start the day with the hardest or most important challenge. Periodically replenish your reserve and build your overall capacity. Self-control requires energy. Participants in a study were given a series of self-control tasks. Those who received a sugared drink to restore blood sugar showed improved self-control compared to those who received a drink with artificial sweeteners. The best way to maintain your blood sugar is to consume a low glycemic diet with lean proteins, nuts, beans, high fiber grains or cereals, and fruits and vegetables. During endurance sports, you start to feel tired before your body is truly fatigued. Athletes routinely push past this initial fatigue 
to perform closer to their real physical limits. Likewise, our brain starts to conserve mental energy before our willpower is truly depleted. You can transcend your initial mental exhaustion with the right motivation. Students who were too tired to finish their tasks suddenly had the will to do so when they were given fresh incentives. A young woman couldn't stop shouting at her kids even though she tried to be a good mother. Once she realized that her true motivation was to enjoy parenthood, she suddenly found it easier to engage her kids in a fun way. You can build your self-control muscles like how athletes build physical muscles. Try controlling one small thing that you don't normally control. Do something you don't normally do, such as helping someone or meditating for five minutes. Stop doing something you usually do, such as swearing or using your dominant hand. Or monitor something you don't usually pay attention to, such as your daily expenses or time usage. The next time you feel too tired for self-control, just push yourself one step beyond the point of fatigue. Moral licensing can cause self-sabotage. We tend to moralize willpower by thinking we're good if we succeed at a willpower challenge and bad if we fail. This triggers several mental traps that increase the risks of self-sabotage. When we think we've been good, we tell ourselves that we deserve a treat. Psychologists found that the more we do something good or moral, the more we may do something bad or immoral later. This is called moral licensing. When people were asked to recall how they've been generous in the past, they gave 60% less to a charitable request. When people were simply to consider donating money without actually donating it, they became more likely to treat themselves later. Moral licensing increases when people pay a penance for bad behavior, which erases their guilt. For example, people who pay to plant a tree may feel justified to use even more electricity. It's better to get people to engage in good behaviors that replace the bad ones, such as paying 10% more for green energy. This reinforces their identity as someone who cares about the environment to increase their commitment. Stop moralizing your willpower struggles. Robbing a bank may be a moral breach, but missing a session at the gym certainly isn't. Hello, listener. Thank you for listening to our content. Remember to follow us here on the platform. We prepared a graphic of the book with the author's key points and main ideas. Click that book graphic link in description now and have access to an illustrated material with simple and easy steps so you know everything about the book in minutes. We may also feel so good about making progress that we reward ourselves with an indulgence that jeopardizes our goal. The solution is to focus on your goal, not the progress you've made. When students were asked to recall how they rejected a temptation in the past, they indulged themselves at the next available opportunity. However, the moral licensing effect was negated when they recalled the incident and why they had resisted the temptation. 
By remembering your why, you'll also realize that the indulgence is not a reward, but a threat to your goal. The halo effect can create the illusion that a good choice will cancel out a bad one. People who eat a salad and a burger think they're consuming fewer calories than those who are eating just a burger. Bargain hunters may feel so good about saving money that they buy more than intended. Counter the halo effect by using countermeasures, like calories consumed, total cost, or time spent, to weigh the net impact. We also tend to be overly optimistic about our ability to do the right thing in the future. For example, we overeat now on the promise that we'll exercise later. Counter this by assuming that tomorrow will be just like today, and your current choice will reflect all future choices. Instead of asking, should I have this ice cream now? Ask, do I want to face the consequences of eating an ice cream every day? We confuse desire with happiness. When the brain recognizes an opportunity for reward, it releases dopamine. This is a neurotransmitter that focuses our attention on the potential source of reward and concurrently releases stress hormones so we feel stressed about not having that item yet. A dopamine rush fills us with anticipation of a reward, but it doesn't satisfy us because it doesn't actually deliver on the promise. We keep chasing the rewards for fear of losing out, even if the rewards are never realized and we end up feeling more anxious and dissatisfied. When lab rats were given access to levers that triggered brain stimulation, they kept pressing the levers until they collapsed. Human patients who were given a control box to stimulate their brains got so addicted that they refused to stop and eat even when they were hungry. Likewise, we keep playing video games to get to the next level and gamblers keep betting in hope of the next big win. Surrounded by temptations, we can feel constantly wanting yet never satisfied. Once dopamine is released, you're susceptible to all forms of temptation. That's why sexy models are used to promote all kinds of items, and shoppers are given free food samples to get them into a reward-seeking state of mind. This week, take some time to observe how retailers and marketers lure you with the promise of reward. You can reduce the effect of dopamine tricks just by being aware of their true nature. Differentiate between real rewards, which give you meaning and satisfaction, versus false rewards, which leave you feeling anxious, disappointed, or unsatisfied. When you next indulge in an insatiable desire, like shopping or snacking, do it mindfully. Does the experience actually match your expectations? How do you feel after giving in to the temptation? You can also dopaminize your willpower challenge. Make a difficult or unpleasant task appealing by linking it to a reward that excites you. When patients undergoing a 12-week therapy could participate in a small weekly lucky draw, 85% completed the therapy compared with just 20% of patients who didn't have the lucky draw. 
Feeling bad can lead us to give up or give in. When we feel bad, we tend to seek relief or distractions. However, false rewards like shopping or drinking only lead to feelings of guilt and self-criticism to make things worse. Thoughts of death lead us to spend more on comfort food or buy more luxury products. Fear also leads to procrastination. For example, we may avoid seeing the doctor or writing our will. Moreover, a willpower failure may trigger the what-the-hell effect. Dieters, smokers, or drinkers who give in to temptation may feel so bad that they end up eating, smoking, or drinking even more. The more they repeat the cycle, the more hopeless they feel. The best way to break the cycle is to exercise self-compassion and self-forgiveness. This helps you to stop escaping from the shame and guilt and start taking responsibility and control. Think of a willpower failure and observe the thoughts, emotions, and physical sensations that surface. Accept that all human beings lose control sometimes and consider how you'd comfort a friend who's in your shoes. Soothe yourself with stress relief strategies like exercising, praying, reading, meditation, or massage. Beware of making unrealistic promises just to feel better. Setting an ambitious goal may give you hope, but you'll feel guilty and frustrated if you fail to deliver. It's better to exercise optimistic pessimism. Commit to change, then consider what may cause you to fail and how to overcome them. Mentally prepare yourself by visualizing yourself taking action. Instant gratification can blur our long-term vision. We can't see the future clearly since we undervalue long-term rewards, underestimate future willpower failures, or fail to address our future needs. The more immediate and vivid a reward, the more likely the dopamine-induced primitive brain will overwhelm the prefrontal cortex. In a study, both humans and chimps were given the option to eat two treats instantly or wait for six treats. Both humans and chimps preferred six treats. Yet when the treats were placed in front of them, humans only waited 19% of the time, while the chimps waited 72% of the time. Before indulging, wait for 10 minutes and think about your goal to distance yourself from the temptation. Delay discounting means that a reward seems less valuable if we must wait for it. The higher your discount rate, the more likely you'll choose immediate rewards over future ones. Improve your discount rate by thinking of the best possible long-term reward and imagine yourself enjoying the reward as if it's already yours. Then, ask if you're willing to sacrifice that long-term reward for the current fleeting temptation. We also prioritize our present needs and put off the difficult tasks for our future selves to handle. The solution is to spend some time connecting with your future self. Imagine the future you as vividly as possible, including your goals, needs, and ideal self.
Write an email to that future self describing what you're doing now to meet his or her goals. Pre-commit yourself so you have no choice but to move ahead. Create a default while you're feeling calm and objective. For example, forbid withdrawals from your savings account until you've reached specific milestones. Make it hard to reverse the decision and add rewards or penalties to motivate your future self. Willpower is affected by social influences. Scientists found that obesity spreads like an epidemic. When a friend becomes obese, it increases your future risk of obesity by 171%. The same patterns are found in drinking or smoking. Human brain cells contain mirror neurons to help us interpret and understand others' thoughts and feelings. If you see someone slicing their finger with a knife, you'll wince as if you were being cut. Likewise, we catch others' willpower successes and failures due to three social responses. First, we subconsciously mirror others' actions. For example, you may unthinkingly reach for a drink when you see someone else doing so. Second, we get infected by others' moods, which in turn affects how we respond to temptations. Third, we suffer from goal contagion. For example, you may decide to get an MBA or learn a new hobby after hearing someone else's story. These influences are greater when you share a close relationship, like or identify with the person. Sadly, we are more likely to be infected with self-indulgence than self-control. We also get infected by what we infer from others' actions. For example, if we see others flouting the rules, we may assume it's okay to loosen our self-control in all areas. Give yourself a willpower boost by thinking of a positive role model. Or immunize yourself against negative goal contagion by thinking about your goals and what could get in the way. Social proof refers to our tendency to emulate others' actions. For example, we choose the most popular dishes or watch the highest rated movies. You're more likely to pay your taxes on time or conserve energy if you believe that everyone is doing it. The best way to inculcate willpower is to exert positive social pressure. Spread the belief that it's normal to exercise self-control and surround yourself with people who are doing the right thing. Social shaming could be more effective than penalties, though social support is even more effective for motivating change. We feel motivated to do the right thing when we believe others are watching and rooting for us. When participants did a weight loss program with a friend or family member, 66% completed the 10-month follow-up compared to 24% who did it alone. So, make your willpower challenge public or enlist others to join or support you. Denial and suppression can backfire. The more you try not to think about something, the more it occupies your mind. This is known as ironic rebound. 
women who tried not to think about chocolate ended up eating almost twice as many chocolates. People suffering from anxiety disorders become more anxious when they suppress the negative thoughts or feelings. The best way to resolve mental suffering is to make peace with the issues. Stop avoiding or fighting something to free yourself from it. In an experiment, people were coached to observe and accept their difficult thoughts and feelings, then imagine them dissolving with each breath. Brain scans showed that the intervention led participants to pay more attention to their self-critical statements, yet feel less anxious. Acknowledge the thoughts, feelings, or cravings without trying to distract yourself, arguing with them, nor acting on them. Just notice their existence without accepting or rejecting them. Allow them to pass with your next breaths. Alternatively, imagine the cravings as waves that swell in intensity, then crash and dissolve, and simply ride the waves like a surfer. Instead of wasting mental energy to avoid or suppress your feelings, use it to find solutions to address the situation. You can replace the bad habit with a healthier habit, redirect the time and energy to other activities, or reframe a I won't challenge into a I will challenge. For instance, instead of trying not to be late, aim to be five minutes early. You've just learned the physical, mental, emotional, and social factors that affect willpower. Self-control is ultimately built on three skills, self-awareness, self-care, and remembering your goals. The key is to be mindful of your choices instead of running on autopilot. McGonagall invites you to test each strategy and draw your own conclusions about willpower and what works for you. This book includes details of many research studies, along with examples and suggested exercises to help you apply the ideas outlined earlier. If you've enjoyed the ideas in this summary, do get a copy of the book or visit kellymcgonagall.com for more details. Hello, listener. Thank you for listening to our content. Remember to follow us here on the platform. We prepared a graphic of the book with the author's key points and main ideas. Click that book graphic link in description now and have access to an illustrated material with simple and easy steps so you know everything about the book in minutes.